Yeah, so I'm a C-section mom myself. So this one's near and dear to me. Um, first of all, it's a major surgery, okay? So like, yeah, one in three pregnancies end with a C-section, but yeah, like you gotta rehab it like it's a major surgery because it is 100% a major surgery. How to get back to fitness postpartum. This is the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier and I'm an entrepreneur and fitness trainer who has coached over 500 people through my program, The 10-Week Transformation. My mission is to make living a healthy lifestyle simple so you can look and feel like your best you. Today, you guys get to learn from Ashley No. Now, after Ashley had three children, including a giant set of twins, her words, not mine, she didn't recognize her body. The twins shook her foundation, took such a toll on her body and her sense of self. She struggled with diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominal wall, but has worked really hard to learn to love her stomach again in its new form and reconnect with her core. Today, Ashley is going to teach us about exercises to do before getting pregnant. Some of the most important exercises to do while you're pregnant to make the delivery and recovery process easier. How to know if you're overdoing it while you're pregnant or postpartum and how to quickly and how quickly you should get back to certain types of exercises and how to recover from a C-section and diastasis recti. This episode is jam packed. Now, if this episode does not apply to you because you're not a woman or you're not looking to be pregnant or you are not pregnant or you're not postpartum, then send it to somebody who this does apply to because it just might send, save them a lot of pain. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you hit the follow button. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe. For now, it's time to get closer to your best you with Ashley No. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I am super stoked to be joined by Ashley No. Ashley, been really looking forward to having you on, and I've actually been having some conversations with some of my clients or past clients who uh, have recently gone through the process of pregnancy and kind of getting back into fitness. And both when I was coming up with some of my questions on my own, I asked them to help me out with coming up with some questions. So I've got some really good ones today for you, and I'm really excited uh, to jump in. So you're a stepmom of two, but mom of four, including twins that were seven and six pounds when you had them. And to give everybody some context, when you uh, twins are maybe on average about five and a half pounds uh, each, and hers were seven and six. And after having had them, she had diastasis recti, which we'll get into a little bit more detail later and how to heal and come back from that. But the way that I kind of want to start today, Ashley, is to start with like before pregnancy. If somebody is like anticipating getting pregnant or wanting to conceive and get pregnant, what are some exercises that are important to be doing during that time? Or maybe like styles of exercise that people could avoid? Because I think there's kind of competing opinions out there around what maybe exercises or types of fitness are dangerous and people say like, no, that's not true. And so I want to hear your your thoughts on kind of like pre-pregnancy exercise, if you will. So while you're pregnant or pre-pregnancy, you really don't have to modify a whole lot. Um, you do want to start being proactive in the way that you engage your core. So a lot of us, when we think about core exercises, we think sit-ups, crunches, um, and that type of work. What we really need to focus on getting strong pre-pregnancy is our transverse abdominals. And that's our deepest layer of abdominal muscles. And these muscles will support your back, reduce hip pain. They can prevent pelvic floor issues. And we really want to focus on getting that strong. Um, a lot of women out there, I would, I, you know, raise your hand if you're listening at home who suck in a lot of women suck in 
hold their breath to try and look skinny, right? We're in this culture of being smaller. Um, so even while you're trying to conceive, I would say, let it go. One of the biggest things you can do for your core health and your pelvic floor health is to stop sucking in all day. Um, or wearing really tight jeans and definitely throw out corsets or anything like that. That'll completely mess up your core system. So we want to be proactive, um, in strengthening that deep core muscle. And I can go over some of that down the road, but I would say those would be the, the main steps is think about your breathing, stop sucking in. And when you're exercising, you can of course do sit-ups and crunches, but you also want to focus on those deep core exercises, um, that are going to support you throughout pregnancy. Yeah. So why does sucking in cause problems and does sucking in also cause problems for anybody, right? Whether or not you're pregnant or not. Yeah. So sucking in causes problems for everybody. Often the straw that breaks the back is postpartum, right? So you tend to see pelvic floor issues at two times in life it tends to be postpartum and it tends, you know, pregnancy postpartum. And then menopause is another time where we tend to see that proverbial straw breaking the back. Um, the, what happens when you suck in? So your diaphragm sits uh, right under your rib cage and your pelvic floor is within your pelvis. And if you think about it almost like a piston on a train or like one bowl is upside down and your pelvic floor is the bowl that's right side up, um, they work together. So when you breathe in, your diaphragm flattens and pushes air down, and this helps to relax your pelvic floor. And then when you exhale, everything recoils. We want the system to work. If you are sucking in at the belly button, now imagine like tightening, tightening something really tight around that area. You're not going to be able to inhale fully and exhale fully. So your pelvic floor will never completely relax. And when you have a pelvic floor that can't relax, we often hear Kegels, Kegels, you need to have a tight pelvic floor, but a tight pelvic floor actually can cause a ton of problems. Um, a tight pelvic floor would be like, you know, we've got some athletes here. If I were walking around flexing my bicep all day, flexing, 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 and then I put a weight in this hand, that bicep would give out. That bicep can't can't hold for that long. Your pelvic floor is muscles just like your bicep is. And so if you're not able to deeply inhale and relax that muscle, which is your pelvic floor, it's a bowl of muscles. Um, eventually it's going to give out. It's going to be like, Hey, I can't work under this load all day. So a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm leaking or I'm having back pain. I'm having these issues. I must need to strengthen my pelvic floor. And yeah, you do need to strengthen it, but you also have to be able to relax it. And so sucking in is like a real, detriment to that natural breathing system. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So let's transition into while you're pregnant. Um, are there things that you should, what are specific, I know there are things, what are specific exercises and or things that people should be doing to make like the labor easier and or make recovery easier and less pain-free and stuff? Yeah. So obviously if you can keep up with exercise during pregnancy, that is so beneficial. There are so many benefits for both mom and baby. Now, you know, is it detrimental if you don't No, I don't ever like to make women feel guilty during pregnancy. We often feel like a heaping pile of garbage. And so if you can't, you know, or if you have medical complications, it's not the end of the world. There are definitely some benefits of staying active during pregnancy. Uh, it can shorten labor. It even has shown like, you know, brain patterns in the baby, the baby's uh, heart rate and APGAR scores can be improved from working out during pregnancy. So, so many benefits for both mom and baby. 
Uh, you really want to focus on exercises again that work that deep core system. Um, the most important thing I could teach you during pregnancy is to manage your breathing when lifting weights. And this goes even outside the gym. If you're picking up a toddler, let's say, and you're pregnant, um, you always want to think about exhaling with exertion. So you exhale on the hard part of an exercise. And just like I explained how our diaphragm works with our pelvic floor, what happens when we exhale is our pelvic floor lifts. It naturally lifts up. And of course, when you're doing a hard part of an exercise, we want those pelvic floor muscles lifting and supporting. Um, it's going to make a huge difference. So if you're, you know, back squatting and holding your breath, you're going to put a ton of pressure on your pelvic floor. And during pregnancy, our hormones are such that we've got this hormone relaxin going through our body and it makes everything a little bit looser, which is great because we want baby to come out. Right. So the body's super cool like that. It's like, Hey, I'm going to make like our joints a little looser. I'm going to make things in the pelvis a little looser. Um, but the problem with that is that we can have too much pressure down on that pelvic floor. And if we're not managing that breath, um, that laxicity does not become our friend in that moment. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So learning how to breathe correctly when lifting weights and making sure you're exhaling on exertion. So what are, what are other things, exercises in particular, you talked about deep core. Are there any, I know like probably hamstrings and glutes are pretty important in order to make sure you help maintain posture and everything like that and, and help prevent back pain and stuff like that. Talk to us a little bit more about other exercises or muscle groups, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So the things we really want to focus in addition to the deep core is, and pelvic floor is, uh, glutes, glutes. I cannot state it enough. Moms typically get, we joke, we call it mom, butt, but where as that bump grows, you kind of tuck your butt under to try and get some core stability. Um, and when our glutes are in that tight position, they're, not able to lengthen and load and any muscle right is healthiest when we can lengthen it and load it. So definitely adding in like some sumo deadlifts with a dumbbell. Um, that's a great option bridges. If you still feel okay on your back, if not hip thrusts are okay. Of course you don't want that weight up high. Uh, you want to keep, I like to do it with dumbbells, um, and keep them on the thighs. Um, the other thing you really want to focus on is inner thigh strength. So our inner thighs act like an anchor for the pelvis. And again, remember, I just said how we have all that laxity in our joints and tissues. Um, we want to make sure that we've got that pelvis anchored, if you will. So we focus a lot in my program on inner thighs, glutes, and deep core. That's kind of like the trifecta of, um, reducing pain and having a pregnancy where your body feels like it's doing what it should. And then of course, postpartum, we want to set ourselves up for a really healthy postpartum. And if you're in that pattern of gripping your butt and holding it tight, um, that's going to carry over to postpartum. So as much as we can prevent that during pregnancy and keep our mind connected with those important muscles, it's a real benefit. Yeah, just real quick on the inner thigh, are you talking adductor muscles? Are you talking doing things like maybe like ball squeezes with your knees, things like lateral lunges and stuff like that?
Gotcha. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think let's transition into as let's transition to postpartum and timeline and feeling comfortable getting back into fitness because a lot of the people who are going to be listening to this and who are women who are either pregnant for the first time or going to be pregnant or pregnant multiple times, they're people who have a background in fitness. And so they're wanting to get back into it relatively quickly, but they're probably trying to be mindful of like, I don't want to rush into it, but I want to get back into it as quickly as possible. What are your recommendations when it comes to timelines slash like how you should feel before going back into it? It is so hard. So firstly, I want to acknowledge as an athlete mom myself, how desperately I wanted to be able to just hit that ground running. And I did. And I caused a host of problems because I didn't know better, which is why I do what I do now. Um, so you really want to take it easy at first. We all know that we want to listen to our body. I can tell you all of the the, the boring basics there. Um, but one thing you can start doing right away, like as soon as you feel up to it is deep core breathing. So you're going to inhale through your nose, let that breath go down into your body, relax pelvic floor. And then as you exhale, you're going to lift your pelvic floor, draw your pelvic floor in and up, draw belly button in and up. And you can start connecting with these muscles literally as soon as you feel up to it. So practice that breathing. What that's going to do is that's going to rewire your mind with that muscle. Pregnancy is a trauma to the body. It's common, right? So we don't think about it as a trauma, but it's absolutely a trauma. So just like you would rehab anything else, you're going to have to rehab and slowly take these steps. So getting that mind just to talk to that muscle is the first step. Mm -hmm. And you can do that as soon as you feel up to it. The other thing you can start doing right away if you have physician clearance is walking. Just get up, walk a little Go outside if you can, if you're home from the hospital, go outside and just walk. And I'm not talking about for a ton of time. I'm talking 10 minutes outside. Let that sun hit your body and just, you know, take a minute for yourself as a mom. It's so important. And just getting that blood flow going is really important for healing tissues. Um, now here's where we have to be more patient. So at our six week clearance, your doctor will typically clear you for all exercise. And that's because uh, they don't specialize in pelvic health, right? So there's a lot you can do at six weeks. You can definitely do more progressive core exercises. You can start lifting some, some light weights. What you don't want to do is, you know, your hit class, your boot camp, your CrossFit. You don't want to go out for a run. You really want to wait for anything high impact until 12 weeks. And that's best case scenario. That's if you had a vaginal delivery, you've healed well, you're feeling good. You're not having prolapse symptoms. Um, 12 weeks is the earliest that you really want to do anything high impact. So it's hard to wait. It's so hard. And we have this bounce back culture where we feel like one, we're like athlete moms. We want the adrenaline. We want the endorphins, but Two, like we feel pressure to look like we didn't have a baby, which is asinine because we had a baby. Yeah. What do you, I'm curious, you have, you've had four. What do you do when, after you've had a baby and you go back to everyday life and six weeks, you want to keep it easy. 12 weeks, you want to hold anything high impact, but you're trying to like live your everyday life and like pick your kids up, move them around, do things around the house. Like what are some ways that you've navigated through that so that you don't overdo it, but you still get the things done that you need to have done? 
Yeah. I mean, asking for help, right. That's first and foremost. We're terrible about that as women. I think saying like, Hey, I need some help. (laughs) That can go a long way. So don't be afraid to ask for support. Um, baby wearing can be really helpful in those early days so that you have some free hands and you can still get things done. Um, you do want to be mindful while you're baby wearing of posture, right? We can get in that butt tucking pattern that we were just in, in pregnancy when we're baby wearing, and it could really make our low back ache, things like that. So being mindful of your posture as much as you can, um, it's really hard to do. So basically motherhood is like the only time where your core is completely obliterated and we're like, oh, hey, you have to carry this heavy car seat and pick up your toddler and bring in the groceries. And so it is hard. So ask for help in the very early days. If you don't have help, take breaks as often as you can. One thing I recommend doing is putting your feet up into a gravity assisted position. So put your feet up on a couch, your back's on the ground, or even prop some pillows under your feet. Um, this can be really good for your pelvic floor just to give it a break from gravity. Um, so if you're feeling heaviness and achy postpartum and you're doing all of these things, um, just taking a couple of minutes to put those feet up and get in that, uh, that position where you've got gravity as your friend instead of your foe can, can go a yeah. long way. Gotcha. So I want to make sure that people understand maybe some things that they might recognize if they are overdoing it when it comes to maybe exercising during pregnancy or coming back out of pregnancy. Um, are there certain signs that people can start to realize that, Hey, you're pushing it a little bit too much while you're pregnant or postpartum. Hey, this is actually not good. You're coming back a little bit too early. What are some things that people might be able to notice that say like, Hey, you're overdoing it right now. Yeah. Our bodies are so cool because they a hundred percent tell us when we're overdoing it. Now, the problem that we have, especially again, we're athlete moms here is we don't listen because we were trained not to listen to our body, but signs that you can watch out for and actually listen to and know that it's not normal. And we don't want to push through it is leaking. If you're leaking at all, I don't care if you're doing double unders or what you're doing. Like if you were leaking, it's your body saying, Hey, we're not managing pressure. Well, the other thing is to look out for diastasis recti. So we talked a little bit about that at the beginning, but that's where you have a thinning of the connective tissue between your six pack abs. So between your rectus abdominis, um, and what you'll see if you have too much core pressure happening is you'll see a little dome or ridge popping out. It can look like a football or almost like a hot dog, like running up and down your tummy. And if you see that doming or coning, that's your body's again, telling you like, Hey, this is too much pressure. I need to modify this exercise. Um, also, if you feel heaviness, if you, a lot of women end up with prolapse postpartum. So that's where things descend lower than they normally like to be. Um, and if you're feeling that heaviness from a prolapse, that's another sign that you're just pushing it too hard with that exercise. Um, we often think that these side effects are just normal and we need to push our way through them, but it's your body actually saying like, Hey, hold up. Um, one really key point of this though, is you can modify, like, it's not that it's off limits forever. It's not like you can never do the core exercise that is causing that domain in your tummy. It's not like you can never jump rope again. If you're leaking, it's just that we got to manage things to get you to that point, which means we have to train for it. We have to progress you there so that you're asymptomatic when you're doing those exercises. Mm, Gotcha. We've talked a lot about deep core muscles and the importance of pelvic floor training. And I know that a lot of women will go to pelvic floor specialists and get specific exercises and training and and rehab and such from them. What are some things that if people are like, I want to 
try to prevent having to go to a pelvic floor specialist? What can I do at home either before pregnancy, while I'm pregnant, postpartum to prevent having to go see a specialist? Yeah. First of all, I would say anybody who can go see a specialist, whether you have problems or not, like you'll learn so much about your body. It is worth one or two visits. Why it's not standard in our medical system is beyond me because it really is like anybody who wants to have a child or even not like athlete moms. I think some, there's some stat and don't quote me exactly on this, like 40% of women who are, or girls who are athletes who've never even had children leak. It's particularly prevalent, prevalent in the gymnastics population. So really common, like it's okay. No shame. It's great. If you could see it, a pelvic floor PT. Now, if you want to do stuff at home to be proactive, that's great too. And I'm here for you. That's like where I specialize, right? I have a home fitness program. It's completely built around this. Um, the most important thing we can do is managing pressure, right? So we're not going to hold our breath when we're lifting weights. We're taught to do that Valsalva. Now, if you're lifting like a one rep max back squat, you're absolutely going to brace your core differently. Um, but I would also say like risk versus reward. Are you competing? Because if you're not competing, let's maybe go for like a five rep max on that lift and breathe differently so that we're benefiting our body. Um, so, you know, being proactive with how you're breathing during exercise, really important. Um, again, working on that deep core engagement. Most women don't know how to engage their deepest core muscles. Uh, most sports were very rectus dominant. We use that, those six pack muscles and we don't even know how to engage with those deep core muscles. And it really is your superpower. So the reason I keep talking about it is it'll take like whatever athleticism you have and it like supercharges it. Um, men have transverse abdominals too, and they need to know how to use it as well. Um, so learn. So tell everybody, how do you engage those deep core muscles? So it's that breathing pattern I was talking about, and I'm yeah. going to try to explain it knowing that not everybody can see me, but you guys are listening. Um, so if you were to take your hands and place them on your rib cage, make you do this too, Nick, grab, yeah, put so your hands on your rib cage. You're going to inhale deeply down into your body. So inhale. You should feel your ribs expand open like an umbrella and that overflow go gently down into your tummy. As you exhale, you're going to lift your pelvic floor like a Kegel. For guys, you're going to think about like pulling your balls up. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> and then you're going to pull your belly button in and up, almost like you're getting in a cold pool and it's really cold. Can you feel those mm -hmm. muscles like pulling in? Yeah, That's yeah. Yeah, that's your body's natural corset. And it's a badass muscle. It runs literally from sternum down to pubis and all the way around your back. So it is a giant abdominal muscle. It acts like a corset or a brace for the body. And if you can learn how to get this muscle strong, like you will have so much more stability in your lifts. You will be protecting your back when you're lifting. I mean, it's just like, so yeah, I preach it all the time. And again, for women, 90% of women, when I tell them to inhale, don't do what you just did. I was watching your shoulders. What they do is they breathe and their shoulders rise up. And that's like completely the opposite of what we want to do. Um, so it's retraining that brain to connect with those muscles. That way, when you are lifting weights, um, when you are picking up your other kids, you're protecting your body. Um, so yes, I talk about that on repeat, but that is the number one thing that and breathing during exercises. Um, and then of course, just getting your body as strong as it can be. I think a lot of times women, like we want to shrink ourselves and be small, be toned when be toned. And I'm like, Oh no guys, like, let's get really strong. Especially, um, if you want to prevent pelvic floor issues, like if we can get those glutes strong, let me tell you that pulls that little sacrum at the bottom of your 
of your spine, like into position, which helps align your pelvic floor. So get that booty thick. Like let's, we're here to get strong. You know, we're not here to shrink ourselves. I love it. Uh, the way I kind of want to, before the last question, I want to address C-section, diastasis, recti a little bit more uh, in particular. Those come with unique challenges and unique things that we need to, that people need to be aware of when recovering from those. So let's start with C-section. What are some unique challenges that people who have C-sections have in recovering and some things they need to be aware of and or do in order to get back to where they want to be or recover, recover well? Yeah. So I'm a C-section mom myself. So this one's near and dear to me. Um, first of all, it's a major surgery. Okay. So like, yeah, one in three pregnancies ends with a C-section, but you, like you got to rehab it. Like it's a major surgery because it is hundred percent a major surgery. Um, first things first, you want to take it really easy. So we talk about like that six week mark, that six week clearance, it might take you a little bit longer before you're getting back into things. You might also have additional muscle weakness. So reconnecting the mind with the muscle is a whole other thing for C-section moms because we have had those nerve endings literally cut. So it's going to take extra time. So my first tip is be patient with yourself in all the ways. It's going to take you a hot minute to find those abs again. That's okay. Um, the second thing is after your six weeks, and after your scar has fully healed, you want to start doing scar massage. You're going to start by doing it around the scar and eventually on the scar. The reason we want to do that is scar tissue is like sticky spider webs and it sticks to everything and it can cause a whole host of problems. So I see a lot of moms who are like, I'm having shoulder pain or I'm having hip pain. And it turns out that it's actually like pulling and limitations from that C-section scar. So getting mobility around that scar um, is huge for the athlete mom. And it's pretty gross to do it. Um, you're going to be like, oh, like there's a whole mental barrier to doing that scar massage, but really important to do that. Um, and then again, just easing in. It might take you a little bit more time and that is 100% okay. Mm, gotcha. And then let's go to diastasis recti. If people know that that is what they've experienced, like right after pregnancy, what are some of the unique challenges and things they need to be aware of or unique things that those women postpartum should be doing? Yeah. So 100% of women are going to get diastasis to some degree during pregnancy, right? So just to explain, just in case people don't know, so that's like where those six-pack muscles are separating I'm using air quotes over here. It's actually a thinning of the tissue that goes between them. So nothing's actually separating, but, um, you can look pregnant for a long time. A lot of women report having back pain. They're not necessarily connected. I think anecdotally that they are connected because when your core is weak, you're more likely to have back pain. Um, when you have this condition, you don't want to just jump straight into sit-ups, crunches, planks, uh, knees to elbows, toes to bar, any of those flexion exercises, we want to chill out for a little bit until we can learn to manage that pressure and get those muscles rehabbed. So I think a lot of women make the mistake of like, oh my gosh, I have this pooch, right? How do I get rid of a pooch? Sit-ups. And it's completely the opposite of that. We really want to avoid those high flexion exercises. The other thing that you might want to modify, um, and every case is individual. So I'm giving blanket statements for the listeners, but of course, listen to your body. And like I said, if you see that doming or coning, that's your body telling you in that moment, doesn't like that exercise. Um, but 
planks, like that fully prone position, you might want to add some elevation. So I typically will have mom start off on a wall and then we'll move down to like a high counter or a box and then eventually down to like a step stool level and then down to the ground. What we're doing is we're taking some gravity, uh, some pressure off of that connective tissue that's already thin and stretched and a little bit angry in the moment um, and just changing that position. So you're still working the core muscles, but in a little bit of a gravity friendly position. And eventually, like I said, you'll be able to get lower and lower and stronger and stronger. Um, and the other thing I recommend if you've got diastasis is either record yourself, look in a mirror, like watch your tummy and see what's happening. Um, if you see that dominer coning, try that exercise again, modifying it in a different way or try your breath again. Sometimes just that pressure management that I keep talking about is all we need to do the same exercise, but better. Mm. Gotcha. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, before getting into the last question, Ashley, I just want to acknowledge you for you being able to take your pain and turning it into like your passion with helping people overcome the common issues that they face after undergoing a massive trauma to their body or a massive surgery to their body, because I know it's such a difficult and vulnerable and oftentimes once in a lifetime or just a few times in a lifetime experience that a lot of people don't have a lot of knowledge about, a lot of people are scared about, and for you to be able to really take the, your own experiences and help other people navigate their experiences more gracefully is awesome, and I know that thousands and thousands of people have learned from you and benefited from your advice, so I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you've done. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like it's my calling, it's my passion, and I just love what I do. I mean, the results, the ability to like why we weren't, it's, it's how I got into this. I was like, why aren't we helping women? I mean, I literally was like, I have to figure this out because we deserve better. And it's been pretty powerful to change some lives. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, of course. Well, she, she mentioned it just briefly, but you guys need to make sure if you're a woman who wants to feel strong again, whether you're pregnant or you're newly postpartum or you're been a mom for a lot of years, then she's got a program for you on her app. Her app is called the SLAM app. SLAM is an acronym for strong like a mother. And obviously some of the things that we talked about today, if you're postpartum and you're looking to heal your core and pelvic floor, then this is definitely an app that you need to go check out. Um, so the app is called her SLAM app. You can find her on Instagram at GetMomStrong. She's also on TikTok and YouTube and uh, got a website, GetMomStrong.com as well, but we'll have all that stuff linked up in the show notes. Um, anything else that you want to, any other good place that people should learn to connect with you? No, that you, you nailed it. I just want to say like, I love speaking to this audience because you guys are like literally who I built this program for. I just really felt like there was nothing for the athlete mom who wanted to sweat and get endorphins and actually like work out her body in a functional way and also heal her core and pelvic floor. And that's why I created this was because I was like, you know, us moms who want to like, actually, we don't want to just sit there and do core breathing exercises all day. We want to lift and get strong. So thank you for having me because I just am so passionate about this topic. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. Y'all go check out the slam app. Uh, last question, Ashley is hypothetical question, but if there are only three healthy habits that you could do for the rest of your life, for whatever reason, you could only choose three and this was it. What are the three healthy habits that you would choose to do for the rest of your life? Oh man, water, drink water, lots of water. I think oftentimes we're dehydrated and we don't even know it. Um, to get outside every day. I don't care what you do. If, if, 
10 minutes, go outside, get some fresh air. We sit behind our computers all day. It's too much. And the third thing is like freaking laugh. I think that's like more important than anything else. Find somebody who makes you laugh. Um, we have to be able to let our hair down. Uh, we all work too much. Yeah. <laughs> I work too much. You probably work too much. We got to <laughs> laugh. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, those are three great things. Well, Ashley, this was awesome today. Y'all make sure you go follow her on Instagram at GetMomStrong. You check out her Slam app if you feel like that's a good option for you, which it probably is for a lot of you guys. But other than that, Ashley, today was awesome. I know a lot of people learned a lot. Hopefully they took notes and can apply it and uh, allow them to navigate their pregnancy and postpartum more gracefully. That was all we got today. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. That interview was awesome, and I hope you guys feel like you got a lot of value from it and took some notes from it. Now, if you're a former high school and or college athlete, and maybe that was five years ago, and maybe that was 25 years ago, but if you're a former athlete and you've fallen out of form, like you're not as fit as you once were, you struggle to eat healthy and make good decisions consistently in the nutrition department, then the 10-week transformation is for you. Start 2024 off right by joining the 10WT that starts January 22nd and goes until March 28th. You can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT to sign up today. Some of my biggest takeaways today from Ashley were the following. Women, be patient. I know it's easier said than done, and I know I don't have street cred in this department, and I'm, I'm not pretending to, but Ashley does. This is a major trauma and possibly surgery for some of you that's happening to your body. So be patient with yourself and recognize the severity of the situation. Number two, don't rush into it. Give yourself at least six weeks postpartum to do anything. And then don't jump into high intensity stuff right away. Get in touch with your deep core muscles through doing a lot of breathing exercises. And then third, if you are pregnant, be proactive with strengthening your core and your glutes if you feel up to it. It will definitely help. Y'all, pregnancy is a unique and vulnerable experience. Treat yourself with care and be smart and strategic with your fitness before during and after and it will go a long way in helping you get closer to your best.